0: Okay, well, thank you all so much for being here. Obviously you could have been doing absolutely anything and you're sparing an hour and a half of your time to share with us. Um, And the reason why we're doing this is because Kia and I were having a conversation and we realized that we've been really fortunate enough to take on personal development at the age that we're at. Um, And we're surrounded by people who are a lot older than us, who are also taking on this journey. And what we realized was that we have this access to mentorship and guidance in our life, and that's not something that everyone in our age bracket has access to or even seeks really. And so that's the purpose of this video.
1: Again, thank you for joining us. Um, how I'd like to start off is is, if you could just briefly each of you, just talk about who you are, what you do and where you're from, if you could just do that for our audience i'll go first mm-hmm.
2: first let me just apologize to your viewers i'm a bit under the weather which is probably why i'm sweating over here yeah. but um what can i say a little bit about me so my background is i guess most people know me as a musician one half of the band architects i'll sing the song because your age group may not know it as much that so goes make the body move you got to let the body move which i literally did with my brother <laughs> 20 years ago almost to the day mm-hmm. in fact it probably is to the day 20 years ago in brixton so that's my background as a musician dj i'm also in property as a landlord and invest in property um and then also a coach as well like i love inspiring people and making the difference and i've been doing that for about god knows about say five six years something like that mm-hmm. and then the last thing i do which i love is i'm a spokesperson for tinnitus so i go on radio and tv and I warn people about the dangers of loud music and their hearing, because I've got very, very severe tinnitus from years and years of clubbing, but I actually start before that, which I might get into later. So that's a bit about
3: me, do a lot of different things.
1: Nice, thank, thank
3: you. Thank you. uh, gonna... I'll go next. So um, my name is Orissa Comey. Um, and what I do professionally, I work for a charity. So I work with young people, um, connecting them to, uh, you know, Employers in the city of London, so understanding the professional world from banking to finance to insurance and, so, and and corporate law, and as well as they also work with businesses to you know engage and attract uh, talent. So more of a consultancy side, how to attract uh, graduates from you know Black and Asian minority ethnic groups, uh, as well as also coaching uh, students and graduates who are applying to grad schemes on really how to be successful with the application. So that's what I do. And similar so to Trey, also into all the personal development stuff, and you know, working people on the side of that, just more of a voluntary uh, basis, like just coaching and mentoring and stuff. And that is me, and I am from London, but originally born in Nigeria. Yeah, <laughs> 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 exactly. you in it, and Trey as well. <laughs>
0: yep,
3: yeah, me too. Right, so
4: I'm Cash Star, so I'm 30, well, 34 years old, I live in London, I'm an entrepreneur, um, I trade, I do a few other things as well, I'm always looking at different short sources of income, um, I also personal train people as well, so if anybody wants to get into shape, generally I'm able to give them that advice and at the same time. Uh, I love keeping in shape myself um what I really love doing, I love making a difference to others, be it through uh personal development, something which i 'm very heavily into, but at the same time uh, I have a very strong relationship with uh, with God as well that 's another bedrock of of who I am. I put that as the as the foundation of everything um, and yeah that 's me
1: <laughs> right thank you, Thank you all for sharing that um so the first question I would like to ask is how long have each you re- actively taken on personal development and how has it like benefited your life so far?
4: Um, do you want, should I go first? Is that
3: okay?
4: Go for it. Yeah. For it. yeah. So I, I would say the very first time I've uh, came across personal development was when I picked up a book called the monkey sold his Ferrari by Robin Sharma. That was, um, <clears throat> I was actually very, fairly young at that time. I think I was 21 or 22 years old. Sorry. And uh, I read that book. And literally, as I read that book, it changed my life because at the, prior to that, I was heavily into drugs. I was doing a lot of other crazy things. And um, from reading that book, I really got an understanding of how to um, not just live, but how to apply principles to make myself become more of a whole human being. Um, that was my first experience. And since then, it was a bit sporadic. And then when I hit 30... That's when it became a lot more of a consistent thing. It became a, it became something that was foundational. So in my thirties, for sure.
3: Yeah. So for me, um, it's been sixteen years now uh, since so my journey started when I was about twenty, and it all started off by me just wanting. I think when I was about like sort of nineteen twenty, I was a bit you know like most young people at that time didn't really know what I wanted to do. More like a headless chicken. And just living life, and I really wanted to know. I wanted to know what is it that I'm actually what my what, what my gifts are, what I'm passionate about, what what, what, what I'm talented at, and so that's what really took me onto that journey of um just one, just literally just seeking. It's like, okay, who am I? What do I? What, what, what am I good at? What's my gift? What's my talent? And that 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 literally took me to a journey that blew my mind to this day. I don't even know how to describe it into words. Where it just became so. Like, aware of myself in a way that I never knew existed, things about me that I never knew even existed, my talents, my gifts. And to, to give you an idea as to the, how that changed my life. So, for example, I, you know, when I was about in college, I was in the counseling, uh, A levels in counseling finance, economics, and business studies. The plan was to go to university to do counseling finance. Through this sort of journey of self discovery, I discovered that I love working with people and, you know, more of a people person, coach, and so on and so forth. I changed my entire life. I actually took time off college, quit college literally four months into my a exams, and you know, um, just wanted to go find out what am I really good at. And then eventually decided to go and study management at university. That's a, a pivotal change, as to how that literally changed the course of my life, and you know, it's been on ever since. And um, I think halfway, I think eight years into the journey. I kind of thought, you know what, this is just long, because so I didn't really know anyone um, at that time, such as a young guy who was into personal development, especially being black, being a young black man. Nothing, not something that you actually spoke about, because I came from a, a religious like background. You know, whole thing about self development. I didn't really know anyone talking about it. So just got a bit, like, lost, confused, and just thought, you know, I'm going back to my old ways. But I sort of came back into it in the last, since 20, sort of 2013, 2014. So I had to be able to six years gap in between. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Cool, so I go,
2: um, I've probably been into it about 30 years. i say one of the ways it started, so I'm like mid 40s now. And when I was 15, I went into hospital for um, just a routine appendisectomy to get my appendix removed. And I was given a drug, which, which was an overdose of a drug in the hospital, which paralyzed me twice and since in, in, you know. And when I came out of the second paralysis, I remember saying to my parents, what's that noise? And everyone around me, can't you hear that noise? And also, I think it felt like a dreamy kind of feeling. And I had this pressure in my head. So that carried on for years and years. I, saw every, I've been, I spent more time in hospital probably than I spent time in like restaurants or something. Like I was literally oh, wow. in and out of hospital. Um, and nobody could tell me what it was. So This is from the age of 15. And it just got worse and worse. All these three symptoms, this head pressure, um, this ringing in my ears, which I didn't have a name for at the time. And then this feeling of like being in a dream. And because nobody could tell me what it was, What it was, you know, every press, everyone I could see it kind of forced me into self-development because if I hadn't done, the flip side of that would have been, I would have jumped in front of a train or jumped off a building. It was that hard to deal with because imagine you've got these symptoms and nobody's telling you what, inevitably you're thinking, well, it's getting worse and worse. The only way out of it would be to end my life. So it's not the same as being sort of suicidal. I've never been suicidal, but it was almost like a pragmatic way to deal with it. If it's going to get worse, I'm I'm hopping off a building. So eventually I had to get into self-development because I had to develop that mental strength to get through that. Mm-hmm. But I think the first, one of the first formal times I can remember is reading the book Think and Grow Rich, 1997, which I got from my brother. So that was the first time I actually started to read books about it. So even though that was more about sort of financial betterment, the messages in that were helping me in terms of what I was dealing with so I could learn responsibility for my own illnesses and what was going on for me, rather than living in a state of fear. So it was just really frustrated on me. But anyway, fast forward, um, literally, it was about 15, 20 years later after that, I finally discovered what was wrong with me. And that was done because of my self-development, because I took the bull by the horns, and I found out what was going on with me. And I just loved self-development in terms of not just for myself, but the difference I could make for others. That was the thing that that really spurred it on for me because I thought there must be a lot of people like me suffering, maybe completely different things. It could have been abuse, whatever they've been going through, but the sense of being alone and isolated and nobody understanding you, it made my love self-development even more so because I'm a very central part of my life that I'm available for other people and making a difference over there. So I don't have time to dwell on myself and have pity parties. So yes, that was my journey. Partly medical got me there and partly reading the book, Think and Grow Rich.
0: So one thing um, I was really conscious about when discussing this with Theo was how different people define success. And, And at least for me anyway, that the term success has slowly been changing over time. So for me, living a successful life would be living a life i love personally that i'm genuinely in love with and that i'm being contribution to um so whether like in whatever way that is just being a contribution to people that's my definition of success and i just want to be clear what your definition of success is so that people who are listening understand where this advice would be coming from so like let's start with can i go
2: first
0: Just, I want
1: Kia Ke- to, to share her, her definition of success And then we'll go to you, Trey Thank you um, So I would say my first definition of success Based on, yes, through education And people that I'm surrounded with Is the kind of like money driven You have to have your head screwed on um, And kind of reaching a point where It's just like you're just surrounded of like business orientated and know, knowing everything um, but I guess through doing self-development I realized that it's not necessary like that um, i would say for me success is about happiness and having that fulfillment in life where you feel yeah ease and happy um, but it's I would say it's different how it was very different when growing up because I didn't I felt like people were just like oh you had to have this money or you had to have this kind of materialistic like possession or item in your house, and that's like guaranteed that you're successful. You know, growing up, you see like your friends in like branded stuff, and I'm like, okay, cool. They're from a certain economic, you know, way. But now, yeah, success is for me is about happiness and fulfillment.
2: I think the reason why I'm keen to this, it's funny, because I was talking to um, Camilla about this a little bit yesterday as well. I get quite excited of this notion of success. So, I mean. Because for me, it's changed. Like growing up Nigerian, I don't know if, I mean, obviously artists will get this, but you know, growing up Nigerian, there's a real emphasis on wealth. and There's a real, even probably bigger emphasis on, you know, make sure you're a doctor, or you're a lawyer. Everything's about <laughs> labels and that kind of like looking good. And For so long, it really did define me, you know, especially as someone who's, you know, my father, in terms of the kind of typical definition of success, you might call him successful, right? Um, one thing I got out of success, and it might sound weird when I say it to people, I think one of the defining things I have about success is learning to see the gold in the bad things that happen in life. I think people that learn to really navigate the bad things that happen in life are the most successful. Not when everything's going great, but seeing the gold in when things are not going great, not going your way, or you lose someone you love, I think that's the definition of successful. Because you're being with life the way it is, rather than where you want life to be. Right, It's completely different from this financial success view of success. I think the next thing for me is actually live in a purposeful life. So straight away for me, that means service. You know, the people that we remember most who I believe were successful are like the Mandela's, the Martin Luther King's, and they weren't rich. I think Mandela died of a network of, net worth a couple of million from his book. Martin Luther King wasn't rich, Gandhi wasn't rich. You know, and I think it's the people who have served, you know, you know Jesus Christ were people who believe in religion, right? People of service to others, those are the people that reverberate through time. And I think that's the ultimate in success for human beings who just don't live forever, right? How else are you gonna really make a difference years from now? It's what you do for other people. I think that's the most successful you can be. So I think a a life that's focused on service to others and a life that's purposeful, like what do I wanna leave behind for people? And yeah, of course there is an element of um, financial success because there are things that you can do with money in terms of education, blah, blah, blah. But for me, someone that's been around a lot of millionaires and billionaires being in the music business, I would not swap my life for those people based on the money they have because For me, they were some of the most miserable people I've ever met. And it's ironic because they've got everything. They're no longer looking like, you know, they can see behind the curtain, they've got everything. and It's like, well, that wasn't it, you know? So for me, it's definitely being of service to other people, living a purposeful life where you make a difference and really learning to ride the bad things that happen in life and learning to find strength in those things. That for me is the defining measure of success, personally. I love that,
0: finding the gold in the bad.
3: Mm. Uh, and um, I think similar to just touch on what, uh, what Trey said, um, the growing up, I you know, saw success based on, you know, having all the you know, material possessions like money and having a house and your career, what you do and all of that stuff. And but that's all I thought it was. And I think over the years being on this journey, um, I started, I suppose I like, learn how to see things differently. I think for me now to success, it's still, yeah, in terms of the meaning of the word, it's obviously achieving something like, you know, achieving the goal, whatever that may be. But I think the real, mm-hmm. for me, the, one of the key parts of success is actually just the courage to do the thing that you truly want to do and actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So it goes down into, you know, being your authentic self. So to my, one of my philosophies I live by is actually just that, you know, everything that you do is you got to actually discover what is your, discover the authenticity in all of that. So for me, let's say, um my younger brother for example you know he wants to be a millionaire you know buy a, a house or a yacht or whatever that's his, that you know to me that's what he wants and for me you know it's having the discipline to say okay that's what that person wants however to me i'm actually i'm happy what i really want is maybe to live uh, live on a um on a i don't know in the countryside for example with um so is that really discovering your, your authenticity and all of that and just focusing on that and just being that. Cause there's so many things out that actually tries to get us to, you know, to be like other people, to be, to, to do this, to do that. And so I think it's having that discipline to actually just focus on what do you really want discover that and actually stick to them, being that on a regular basis, even if other people are, in quote, you know, living what might seem like a, by societal standards, actually what's like a successful, but it's actually, you know what, that's cool. Because why, to me, why, why believe that's so key? Because when you're really focus on what is that is authentic to you, There's a level of like that's peace and happiness that comes really with that. You know, so that's really what I would know, how well define find success from is actually just what bless authenticity and really discovering your own, what you really want, and then stay focused on that.
4: Awesome. Thank you. you. Awesome. So for me, success is, um, I'm going to take you back to, to a principle. My uncle told me when I was very young. And um, he, he said to me, he goes, uh, I remember I, I left my glass like next to my, my, my notebook. And he goes, um, he told me, he goes, look, he goes, you, you should move that out of the way. And I was like, why? He goes, look, everything that you touch, you must leave better than you found it. And I was like, I didn't understand what he meant by that, right? Then he went deeper into that into that philosophy. And he told me, he goes, look, everything you touch, be it, be it a thing. Because if you move touching that, you put it in a better place. It's not going to get knocked over, right? And he goes, that same principle, if you apply it to life, of people when you meet people um that can just be me making someone smile for example i see someone in the street having a general conversation with them bringing a bit of light to their darkness throughout that day or having a prayer for him or if i've got if i've got someone that i know if i'm making a difference to them they're going to make a difference to ten thousand people by me making that difference to that one person be it in whichever capacity that may be um financially i always thought money was um although money to me is it is uh it's a vehicle where you can actually make more of a difference to others. That's how I perceive money. But really, the bedrock of it is of service to others. So really and truly, with with anything, be it with money, it's an amplifier for you to do more of that. So um I really picture success to to be of of making things better. And I see even my family. Like if I looked at it previously, I was very I wasn't family orientated before. But from same having that same philosophy, it's now enabled me to see how prominent that same philosophy echoes throughout my whole life. So um, that to me is really it, that's really it.
1: Thank you. Um, So another question that I would like to ask is, um, what advice would you give your 20 20 year old self based on your experiences so far?
3: Oh, what advice would I give? So definitely just be yourself more because mm. um, looking back uh growing up back then there's the pressure of wanting to fit in and you know I definitely like impressing my friends I would buy this is um I would spend ridiculous. there's nothing wrong with this by the way just to make this clear like buy it spend money on like Prada shoes I don't know if you guys remember with jeans and all that Inviso <laughs> brand all that stuff probably weren't even born then <laughs> Yeah, so like really expensive stuff, you know, because I was one of the, I was one of the Mandem in college, you know, one of the popular Mm. kids and all that stuff. And to me, that's, that's my, that's how I saw life, obviously. Mm. So, um, so when this whole journey starts, I realized that, oh, by me being myself, everyone else I thought I was trying to impress were also trying to impress me. So we're all trying to impress ourselves. I'm like, what? This is mad. We're all literally doing the same thing, but no one's really speaking about it. So, if I knew that it was just okay to just be yourself, to have that courage then, I probably would've, that's one of the things I would've said to myself back then. And uh, yeah, and also just on this, I having a chat with Camila about this as well, that just, if I had someone actually just to really, especially coming from, you know, coming from Nigeria at um, age 17 and coming to a whole new, new culture and so on, just someone to actually just talk to and just understand how things are here. Yeah that really would have helped to just be a bit more relaxed and not feel like I need to like, you know, fit in and the pressure to, you know, to, to fit in and conform and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: There's something that you touched on that I really just want to quickly just get into, which mm. was um, buying lots of designer things. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and I used to do this with, with, like gold items, so like rings, earrings, chains. I used to, and I used to lie to myself and be like, but this is an asset, you know, like mm. I would even say to my dad and my dad would be like, an asset, like is <laughs> <laughs> literally and I would just continue lying to myself. I felt like it, it was a cool thing to do. Mm. I enjoyed the feel of it. And it was kind of like people would per- like perceive me in a certain way. And it's something that's It's just extremely common. I don't know if it was common in your time as well, but it's definitely extremely common in our time. And it's kind of like that, that kind of mentality of showcasing something that you might not necessarily have Mm. in a different way. Mm. What would, would you say in regards to spending money on things that might not necessarily be of importance?
3: Um... I mean, to be honest, like looking back then as a sort of teenager, or uh, early, I don't know what you call it, um, I don't blame young people because, first of all, they don't have that like awareness because I didn't have the awareness back then. Mm. Uh, so you go based on what you're aware of, what you know. And so someone who's been raised up in a certain way, you have a different, different perspective, they'll make different decision, a different decision. So that's just based on actually what they know. And to be fair, I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even slate. And i will say, you know what, that's just what they know at the time is that there's nothing wrong with that. And that's one of the key things I learned is actually it's not it's not what you're doing. That's actually it's more the motive behind it. And that really changed my, like, had a massive impact in, in a lot of ways. So, for example, like, growing up, parents were telling you, you know, we're wearing earrings, for example, as a guy, you know, Is a is is on biblical a sin all that stuff and then from using that principle, actually, what's the motive behind why I went? And I realized actually, oh, it's to do with actually wanting to impress friends and so on and so forth. Although when I started being true to myself in that way, that started changing my decision-making process. So rather than spending money on like 120 pounds on a pair of Prada shoes, for example, uh, I don't know how much it is now. I would, uh, I, started, I said, what would I really want to do if, I, if I'm being myself? And I thought, well, actually I want to try out, buy stuff from the, from the high street. So like jeans, that's not a branded name. And obviously I was, I was breaking myself, actually it. So I was thinking, What would people actually say? What would they, if they see me like, you know, things that are not so-called designers. But when I started doing that, and I was like, hang on a second, this, it's not as scary as I actually thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And that's when, so from that, taking those steps, I realized that's, that it was okay to be myself. That's why. so really true. That's why I would for young people actually that, that's just all they know at this point in time It's just actually just one just be true to yourself, be rude with yourself, and then start making the decisions that actually is true to what you want to do, and then have the courage to do so, and then your decision will start changing gradually. Um, you know, as your mindset changes. Yeah.
1: How about, how about
4: you, Cash? I repeat the question again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. No worries. What advice uh, would you give oh, your 20, mentor- 20, 20.
4: Or- yeah? Yeah, I have got you. So, firstly, I would say uh, there's a couple of things that I think are very, very important that I uh, would have loved to have listened to if I was because people had said things to me at twenty, but uh, maybe hearing it from my from me coming to my twenty twenty year old self would actually make the difference because you hear you hear things all the time, right? Um, one of the things I would say is probably to make investments back then, like to actually look at what you're doing with your money, like not spending being all show and no go much like Oris just said about buying things and trying to fit in and just, uh, um, trying to be a people pleaser as well. I think just being a bit more conscious of that. Um, also with, um, with family, I'd say make more of an effort with family at that point, like actually build a foundation and get to know your parents. I'd say really get to know your parents for sure. Mm -hmm. Spend time with them. Um, I would say also like don't be don't be ignorant to anything. Like if something is coming up time and time again, be conscious of what what God is trying to show you. Like actually be conscious of things because there's at 20 years old, I'd have the same recurring theme happen time and time again. I'll just be thinking, oh, why is this why is this keeping happening? Really, it's a sign. So like you need to be conscious of things. So I'd say. Those things, I'd say, having multiple streams of income at that that age would definitely have made sense because you have money when you're young. You've got money coming in all the time, and knowing getting financial education because you don't you're not going to get that from your parents for the most part. Um, and doing what my heart desires, actually following what I wanted to do and what what would make me happy, and ultimately, I think stepping into stepping into those uh, principles. Um, would basically get me to where I, where I wanted to get me in half the time that it's actually gone ahead and taken. So, so yeah. And not to make rash decisions as well. It's another thing I'd say making, getting sound advice before basically doing things, not to just do it off the cuff, like actually talk to people beforehand Mm -hmm. because it can save you a lot of time. Like if you're basically taking your own advice and you're heeding your own advice and being ignorant to everyone else, you can take 10 steps back. But by caring what other people can share, and that when people give you advice, and especially people that have been there before, um, it can take you less of the time. So I'd say I'd say that, and also to maybe read more books back then, like which I wasn't doing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, is are there any like obvious liabilities? Like, okay, for example, for me, having a car right now would be a huge liability. Like, it just wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for me to have a car. I live yeah. in Zone One. My work is in zone two and everywhere that I usually commute to is within zone one or two. So having a car for me would not make financial sense. So I'd rather put that aside. So what I would have put towards a car, I put into, whether it's an ISA or into some sort of bond, that's what I would do. Do you think there's anything that's very obvious now that you're looking back, that would be like a huge, that was a huge loss?
4: um back then it's, it's a bit hard to actually look because I wasn't even I wasn't aware of anything in 2005 was, was 2005 I was in 2005 I was 20 years old right so like looking back then of what what was around back then it's a bit difficult to actually take myself back then but however for was now I would definitely invest into cryptocurrency I'd probably put some money into crypto and just hold it um I'll probably learn how to trade forex that's one thing I would do um if it was now but back then, it's a bit difficult. The only thing I can really think of is maybe property and life. If you're talking about liabilities, I would say just be conscious of because my liabilities at twenty were just going out and partying and looking good. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I'd have I'd have maybe not buying things that I didn't need, and a lot of the time I'd buy things for people just so that they would like me. Back then, or I would I would. Um, uh, I had a car which again I just passed my test and I'd always be in my I would be everywhere dropping people off picking them up going to raves in my car like literally I used to do crazy things you back then so I'd say be conscious of that be more responsible so um, so yeah so what
2: advice should I give to my 20 year old self I think the number one thing I would say to my 20 year old self is the importance of time um I think, for me personally, maybe this also resonates with a lot of other young people is, we do waste time, like we've got an infinite amount of time. Like, you know, when I think about, you know, I mean, my life was kind of like two halves. On one side it was a Nigerian, go to university, all that sort of good boy stuff, which I did. And then the flip side was kind of like this road kind of way of living, which, you know, I grew up in West London. And when I say time, my God, I mean, I spent so much time around people who were getting up to all sorts. I mean, half of them are dead or in jail. And and I'm telling you, these are some of the most talented people you could meet. Society might see them as the worst nightmares, right? young black boys running around. But for me, they were very talented people, right? very. And I think about just the importance of time. Like, you know, for me, I wouldn't have spent so much time doing such frivolous things like running around, raving, partying, trying to chat up girls. I, I think of the inordinate amount of time spent around trying to chat up women. It's crazy. I don't know if everyone else can relate to that. But I look back in my 20s, a lot of it was doing that you know, on the phone to women, going clubbing, you know, trying to get clothes so you can look good for it. So much of it was about the opposite sex. It's crazy when I think about how much time was devoted to that pursuit. I don't remember half of these people. It meant nothing really, you know? So for me, it's just the, the importance of time um, would be the main thing. And obviously I had certain unique circumstances because I was ill for all of my twenties. So I spent a lot of time in and out of hospital, but because I hadn't done the level of self-development I had done now, there was also a lot of time sort of feeling sorry for myself so I then didn't maximize every ounce of my you know talent and what was possible for me you know and then when I did because again you know quite I, I've been quite fortunate to taste success you know from a young age I always wanted to be on top of the pops, to be a musician and I achieved that dream but I don't think I really treasured it you know it was almost like just taking it for granted you know being able to go into a studio a bit like what um, Cash touched on like with property I'd go in the studio and we'd earn um, enough money in two, three hours to buy a property. It was crazy or, you know, just the money we earn, I probably could have bought 15, 20 houses, which then takes me on to another thing that I wish I said to my 20-year-old self is the money in financial education. Again, the amount that was wasted on frivolous nonsense. It's crazy, just that waste. So I would say to my 20-year-old self, educate yourself financially. Um, the thing I love about property, especially in my 20s is, I think one of the best things really you can ever create for yourself is time. If I say it goes back to time, what I love about property is passive income and I'd rather money work for me than me work for it. And I would definitely have accumulated more property. So it would allow me to have more time because I wouldn't have to work. Um, so that's one thing I said to my twenties is don't waste your money on nonsense, actually invest your money, right? Cause in the future it's going to be really important. And then the last, obviously, but not least is the self development education. I think someone touched on having a mentor. I, definitely would have sought out a mentor. And I would give that advice to any young person listening to this. Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself someone who's really dear for you, got your back. Because you don't necessarily want to make that many mistakes If you can learn from other people's mistakes. And that's what's good
3: about a mentor. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Troy, about the whole thing. But I'm um, uh, just about being here now, because looking back, uh, yeah, I wish, because obviously back then being young, thinking or worried about as a man, you know, getting married and having children and Mm. having family and you got to do this before you're 30. Like Mm. so much pressure. And now I'm thinking, hang on a second. I'm like, hang on. Why didn't no one just tell me that, you know, you don't even need to do these things. (laughs) That is not, it's okay. (laughs) And now one thing I that's one thing I'll say, a cheeky advice I'll say is actually, you know what? If you're, don't bother about worrying about getting into relationships. I remember when I was young, there was actually being in a relationship and all that stuff. I'm like honestly speaking that also links back to what Trey said about time because the time you spend you're spending all of that you can actually use that time to spend and so many other things that's more to do mm-hmm. I wish I actually because when I was at uni I, I, I had um, I was a resident assistant we had a you know had free accommodation for like three out of my four years in university I could have saved that money you know to buy a property and invest in stuff but I went to I just blew it all that's the again I spent
2: mine on a car <laughs> my car was a nightmare it sucked out so
3: much more money and you know it's funny there are a lot of people who took their student loans and did invest in property and business and yeah. they're multi-millionaires now crazy, I know, Fred, he paid all of his student loan before he left uni i'm like how did you do that so if i had that I know, discipline I, I think i was just more of the yeah definitely that discipline to actually just well, yeah don't give yourself that pressure of like needing to be like other people man honestly it's not it's just not
4: yeah so mm-hmm. long as, you can, as long as you can see and you can be of service with that and you can see what, why, it, why it's there, there's gold, in, there's gold in everything, everything. True. And just to add on to that, I mean,
2: one thing I think about being 20s, I was way more insecure. Mm-hmm. And there was so much yeah. focus on what wasn't working and what people thought about me, blah, 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 blah. And that's what I mean when I say gold is buried in the bad things. I think a lot of young people dwell on what's not working what's mm-hmm. not going right. I look at young people and I think the opportunities they've got is crazy compared to what we had. And even for me in the music business, I, we needed a studio, we needed this, we needed that, and we couldn't do it without record labels. Young people now have got everything on their fingertips and the phone, like you've never had more than what you ever need. And the fact I say to young people now is get off social media, unless you're doing what you girls are doing, which is amazing, but a lot of young people on there compare themselves to other people, other people's fake lives, none of it is real. And this anxiety is just more and more and more. Yeah you know, in your 20s, yeah, we're always going to deal with that level of anxiety because we're not, we're adults, but we're still, you know, not quite where you might be in your 30s, right? A level of autonomy that you might have. But mm. God, wasting time on other people, what other people think and then just adding fuel to this insecurity. What yeah. do you to ever do? There, you've got so much opportunity now because of technology that, I mean, me in my mid-40s, I certainly didn't have in my
3: 20s. You know, I think young people also get a bad rap as well in terms of people misunderstand, they don't actually give young people yeah. to express or to understand what it is that they want. There's this, that's often there's there's people don't get it. So young people want young to actually behave in a certain way, you know, you know, follow the yeah. status quo. But if you obviously you have a different perspective, you don't, you don't, you don't want to go, you don't see yourself fitting in. I think that's often what people misunderstand with young people think that oh they're being disrupted. They're being this nerd no, because A, they just see the world differently from the way you see it. So I think from yeah. the so-called adults point of view, is actually also learning to listen to young people, not trying to actually get them to do what you think they should do, it's listen to them to so say what they want to do, guide them, you know, so I think for others, also a call for others to also just be, res- be willing to actually you know, not feel intimidated by a young person, you know, shining or really shining their lights and trying to like dim it down. Mm-hmm. So no, 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 it's having that balance between, between both, both sides as well. But yeah, don't worry about your future basically just create a life that you see you love, have the courage to do so, learn, educate yourself. People will definitely come against you, especially if you're trying to do something that's different. Mm. People will come at you. That's Mm. without a shadow of doubt. But just know that that's people just, you are you're triggering certain things about them, that about their own consciousness and, you know, where we may be going for them, but don't let that actually distract you from what is that you you're doing. If it's not in line with what they want you to do. And I think now to add on to
2: that as well, I mean, I think, yeah, when you're in your 20s, it's definitely a bit more of a kind of cultural thing going on with your parents, because Mm. now, when you're older, your parents don't matter as much, right? But I think it's to have compassion for your parents. They actually, Mm. deep down, they just love you. You know, before I got into the music business, my mum and dad, of course, they were like, what do you mean you're making music? Are you mad? (laughs) In Nigeria, they've got no concepts of music. That's like dead end, it's drugs, it's women. They think you become a doctor or a lawyer because that's what they know. That's coming from love. It isn't coming from necessarily just trying to control. And obviously, yeah. when they see our first paycheck, somebody's like, I always knew they would make music. But I'm an able man. When Able man sees money, like, yeah, okay. It's a <laughs> but I think you, you really want to have compassion for your parents. That's all they're coming from. They don't know anymore. Do you know? And I think, and I think, as you touched on that earlier, I think it's developing that relationship with your family. At 20, it may not be a priority, but I would make it to my 20 year old self. It's spent, I spent time agonizing over my parents, I did my head in. I could not wait to get away from them. They were annoying, they were backwards, plus they were kind of different culturally. I've grown up in the UK, they're from Nigeria. I grew up in a West Indian neighborhood, so I had a lot more what they might say West Indian characteristics compared to like this good boy in Nigeria that they want to be. So there's a lot of cultural stuff. But when I look underneath all of that, and I look back in my twenties, they just love me. Mm. And they're just afraid, thinking I'm going on a certain path. Yeah. It's different from them, I'm doing music. And my parents are horrified thinking that's not what they know, mm. do you know? So I think have compassion for your parents. They really do just want the best for you. Yeah. You know, so don't make them the bad guys. Just say, you know, oh, my mum loves me, but she's different from me. But I'm going to go on my own path. But be respectful of your parents and that love and compassion. And I think the other thing as well is that gratitude that you even have parents that even care.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are
2: a lot of people that don't have parents that even care either way what you do. And I think parents are a resource when you listen to them when you listen to them, like they truly love you. It's different, when I listen back to my parents, now as an adult, when they're saying, read your book, do your education. I get mm. it, so different now, but mm. at the time it was just, mm. leave me alone, trying to control me, I don't wanna, to... now I get it, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. just want me oh. to have the best life. Yeah. They wanted yeah. me to have the best life, can you blame them? I'm gonna do the same thing to my kids one day. Yeah.
3: Do you know? So what you said about, you know, relation with uh, parents as well, that's so important. I think looking back now, one thing I also say like, you know, communicate more with your parents. That's mm. one advice I would actually give: communicate more with them. Because often, I used to think the same thing. Thinking my parents were just like you know trying to stop me. And I know for a fact, if it wasn't for the grounding my parents gave yeah. me growing up, especially things like going to church on a Sunday, if it wasn't for that, because the funny thing is, even though, they were, even though they were not there with me, that was still in the back of my mind. I was actually still mindful of what I was doing yeah. with friends. The funny thing is, in, through my teenage, through my teenage years, uh, and also early twenties. I never got into trouble with the police. And that's from the grounding for my parents. Yeah. So that's, that, that is, is so vital. Communicate with your parents and honestly appreciate it.
2: And I think, also to add to that as well, I think if you, not everyone, you know, obviously we both grew up Nigerian and there's a certain level of pressure. Yeah. And I think it's a great foundation, right? Mm. But I think for even people who may not have parents like that, I think it's important to find a mentor. If you, if you truly don't have responsible adults around you, find the mentor, someone that you really do respect and just tuck yourself under that person's wing. Having someone that can guide you is really important.
0: One thing I, I do want to address, because a few of you have raised looking good, wanting to look good for other people. Does that ever go away?
4: Um, I no. Would, I would it definitely doesn't go away, but I think, I think it's no. the, like your, your mind always chats, right? But you, you, it's the awareness of it. Mm. I think that's the difference. I think the awareness of the thought and not, res- not being a reactor, or res- you respond to the thought. Yeah. That's, where that's the difference, yeah. yeah.
2: It never goes away, but what happens when you have enough self-development is you don't allow it to then dictate how you live your life, not fully. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's an inherent part of being human. But I yeah. think when you have the awareness of it, you can then say, wait a second, what am I doing right now? Does it help or hinder me? Am I being concerned overly with what other people think? Is this helping me or hindering me? And that's where self-development and the courage of having a mentor allows you to say, I'm not going to follow the herd. I'm going to do my own thing. So what if my clothes are from Zara rather than from Prada? I don't Mm. care because the money I'm saving, I'm putting into this. Or so what if I don't have a car and I invest it in a nicer? Because I know the future.
3: Do you understand? Like, that's important. But the the desire to look good will never go. (laughs) Just quickly touch on what uh, just mentioned as well. So the thing is, we're not saying that, you know, trying to be be like other people is is actually a wrong thing. That's not really the focus. It's actually saying, you know what, because... In you trying to be like other people, you're actually missing out like, that opportunity in times actually in being yourself. And yeah. being yourself actually has a link to your mental health as well. So when you're trying to be like other people, trying to lie impress other people, you're suppressing yourself, which has a massive impact on your well being, right? your mental well being. That's what we're saying. It's more about that developing your. That's what i like de- de- developing. So developing your authentic self and bringing that out more, out into the world. And yeah, as I say, yeah, but it doesn't, never goes away. And I think it's great that you said that, all
2: because I, I forgot to mention that. I think we are in a bit of a mental health crisis, if you notice. Mm. You know what I mean? The suicide rate for young people, especially young men, has gone through the roof. There are so many people dealing with anxiety, with depression, and, you know, I've definitely been through elements of that. And like I say, because of technology, it's been amplified. People are so in this world of they're not enough for the comparison to this person and that person. And, and to a fake version of that person, ironically, that... Even apart from anything else, from your health point of view, you definitely want to develop walking your own path. And you know what the funny thing is? Nobody actually really cares. Yeah. <laughs> actually, nobody cares. I don't remember who was the most popular person at school. I mean, where are they now? Nobody cares. It doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But at the time, we spent so much time thinking that everyone's looking at me. If I post this or post this picture, everyone's going to think, everyone's going to... Nobody cares.
3: Yeah. actually don't care. <laughs> I want
0: to ask you guys, now that have touched on like mental health and just image in general i did some i was doing some research um mental health foundation they they did a study in two thousand and fifteen, and i want to know if this resonates with you. but when they conducted the study they found that one in five uk adults felt shame because of their body image and one in four men have felt depressed because of concerns about their their body image and right. also i think it was over a third of the UK adults have felt anxious or depressed because of concerns they have around body image. Is that something that you guys still deal with, or is it something that um, you kind of have dealt with? And you know, I would
4: say, I would say, look, uh, for myself, I think your your health and your your, your 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 physical well-being is tied into your mental health anyway. So when you say that, it kind of coincides anyway. If you think about it, like people are feeling a certain way it's, uh, it's a, lot, a lot of the time it's what you're doing with your body like as soon as you invest into yourself you, you, you change your you feel a completely different different um way of being come about like for instance um i went through a divorce when i was 28 years old and i went through depressed depression sorry and i i gained a lot of weight and um that depression was very it made me become very body conscious obviously but then i looked at what am i consuming and as soon as I started looking after my body, I kid you not, I wasn't doing a no personal development. But as soon as I started looking after my body, I started feeling better. Started feeling good. Like I started having more energy. I'd sleep better. Mm. So it it's tied in like the both. It basically helped me get out of that situation because as soon as I focus on the foundation of of um, of myself, which is my body physically, it um it opened up so much more, it did. So I find it very interesting that you've mentioned about body image being tied into to, to depression because it's it goes hand in hand, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you going to say something, Trey?
2: Um, yeah, I'll just say a little bit about that. I think, for me, it's crazy, right? So for most of my life, I always felt I was really unattractive, like ugly almost. Shame. And again, it comes, like, I don't know, it doesn't get... This is a Nigerian thing, but I'm sure other cultures also have it as well. There was this cream called, I think, Venus Milo. Or as you might know this one, right? My mum would use it. It's a bleaching cream.
3: Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I yeah. grew up in
2: a family where I was called Black Dish, you burnt eight, you burnt this, you black baboon, blah, blah, blah. Because there's colorism, right, in cultures. Mm. You mm. know, the fairer you are in black culture. Especially in Ibra you know, culture as well. Like yeah, the more attractive you were. So I remember using my mum's bleaching cream. I hated being dark. And then when I finally got over, and part of the reason was because of wider culture when I was younger, it's like people like Albie Shaw. You guys may not know these artists, but they were very much the mixed race guys or the light skin guys were seen as attractive in the black community. So I thought, well, I'm dark with my sort of hair, I must be really, really ugly, and I hated myself. When I got over that, and I did because Big Daddy Kane and all these dark skin rappers started to get big, and suddenly I felt, yeah, we're not bad. My (laughs) other one was I was too short. It's funny I don't think I've ever said this out on something public, but. I would stuff my shoes for years. I probably did it for 25 years. I was mm. always so unattractive and I was so short that I would, I, I, I would stuff it with newspapers first. Then when mm. eBay and that got big, I discovered you could actually buy these um, shoe lifts from China. And mm. I would do. I was so anxious that somebody would find out that I was making myself taller. Mm. And it's weird. Me now, the powerful myself that I know now, looks at that person and thinks, who was that? I almost don't get it. At the time it was real. I was too dark, then I got over that, and then I was too short. I wouldn't even go and chat up girls. I'd think that they were, I mean, don't get me wrong, I did chat up girls, I was good at that, don't get me wrong. But certain girls, I was like, I'm not going there, because that's out of my leash. She's gonna think it's too short. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm the same mm-hmm. colour and the same height, and I think I'm amazing, and I don't mean that in a conceited way, I mean it in a self-love way. I've got I, I get who I am. I did the self-development to be like, no matter how I look like fat, short, dark, tall, I'm amazing. Why? just because I'm a human being and I'm here right now. But for years, I had the anxiety and the depression of, why am I not attractive? Why can't I be lighter? It's crazy. So I can only imagine what some young people go, go through. And the mm-hmm. thing that I found, which is the most telling thing, is this. I've not changed. I'm the same height, same colour. But in terms of me being able to attract the opposite sex, it's gone for the roof. I was mm. always attractive. Yeah. It was me not seeing it. And I think everyone who thinks they're fat or they're different than that, it's your being. It's your being that makes you attractive. Not the way you look. Yeah, of course, not everyone's going to yeah. think you're attractive, but your being, when you get your power, your grace, who you are, people start to look at you completely different. Yeah. Do you know? And I think that that that's such a key thing for young people to get. And it's funny because maybe a lot of women think men don't deal with that, but men yeah, actually do.
1: I, I would never think that. <laughs> like the stuff in shoes. Yeah, but
2: men do. I mean, like, yeah. You've no idea what us men have to go through. And then on top of that, we have the financial thing, oh, I'm not rich enough for her, I can't take her here and I can't do that. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of men still yeah. deal with that. Massive yeah. amount of pressures that men feel, which is why men are committing suicide more. Mm-hmm. It's
0: crazy. It's under the carpet because it's meant to be like it's the norm. It's just normal for men to be providers. And I think that's yeah that we've, has been really overlooked forever,
2: mm-hmm.
0: basically.
2: I, I think on top of that, like if I'd not done self-development when I was a lot younger, I'd be so embarrassed to admit that to you guys. Mm. like men have this culture of embarrassment that they shouldn't admit that they shouldn't talk about it they shouldn't talk about being vulnerable they shouldn't talk about like it's crazy i have to have done this level of training to be you know what i will share anything with anybody at any time there is no embarrassment for me none not even a drop of it why because it might make a difference to one life out there that trumps any embarrassment i might feel but most men are not socialized like that men are told to be stoical and strong and da 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 and Maybe even more so in the black community, you know. Can you imagine like that level of, you know, hyper masculinity that you've got to live in, rather than guys? I need help. I'm dealing with stuff.
1: Want to ask a question? Like, how did you, how do you guys like embrace failure? Like, what would you say?
4: Oh, oh, that's that's a good one. Failure. I would say, listen, (laughs) there's there's never a failure. It's always, it's always feedback. It's always a lesson. So I don't look at anything as a failure. There's never no. I think something we learned a landmark as well was looking at. There's never a failure; it's just it's a breakdown in performance. So yeah. what what could have? And, but sometimes there's a failure in relationships. There might be something that that happened in a relationship that you had no control over, but it didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. But that's there's nothing wrong with that because you've got a you've got a lesson there that's taught you something. There were red flags that showed up before and you didn't pay attention to them. So there's always something there that you can learn from. Always, there's never a failure in life. It's only it's only feedback, and you can always grow from it. I
2: think. And it's funny, we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Camilla? I think we are surrounded by the power of failure. You know, right now we're using Zoom and Zoom only got to be where it is now for a series of failure. I think failure is an opportunity to grow and to learn. Now, I'd be lying if I say failure didn't hurt sometimes or failure wasn't, you know, you didn't have a momentary sense of, oh, this reflects on who I am, of course. But that's where the self-development kicks in. I think with me, I can see failure as, okay, well, why didn't that work? What happened? What can I be responsible for? What didn't mm. I do? You know, yeah. what did I not prepare myself for? Failure is always an opportunity to grow, always. We are literally to TV series of failure. Light bulb, I mean, God, how many times did it fail before the light bulb actually came into, into fruition? The iPhone, you know how many times Steve Jobs failed before the iPhone was developed? If you don't see failure as an opportunity to grow, then you definitely need to do a lot of self-development. You really
3: want to relate to failure in the most positive way. So that's how I see it, it's an opportunity. For me, and I'll speak for myself, it's sometimes challenging to actually deal with failure. And <laughs> I think for me, whereas other things, like say relationship, uh, for example, like broken like failed relationships, failed relationships, broken relationships. Um, one thing that really like helps me so much is actually what traders touch touching, is actually just, look, okay, what did I do that caused that relationship to fail or to not work out? And when I did that, the first time actually, when I really, really did that, and I'm thinking, wow, it actually took away, I started actually focus about what the person did, Mm-hmm. and that gave me just a sense of responsibility so like okay, what would I do differently why was I not being myself in in all of this
0: just to start wrapping it up um I really kind of just want to end it with like maybe your favorite quote or oh. something inspirational that someone shared with you or maybe a book that you definitely recommend so you uh, Trey I think you recommended was it um Think and Grow Rich
2: yeah Think and Grow Rich definitely I think for mm-hmm. your basic financial um Listen, think and grow rich and Enrich Dead Poor Dad is another great one as well. They're classic books.
4: Really, really classic books. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go biblical right here, man, and I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this straight up. I'll say the Bible. The reason why I say the Bible is it's a textbook for life. No matter what you're dealing with, be it finances, it's covered in the Bible. Be it sexual immorality, that's covered in the Bible. Promiscu- promiscuity, that's there. A family, that's there. Every single thing that you can possibly think of, it's covered in the Bible in the Bible. Obviously, get someone to interpret it for you so you understand it the way it's meant to be you know, the way it's meant to be interpreted. Um, but that's what I would say. I'm learning so
3: much from literally studying for sure. It's not a book for just religious people. You don't need to be a Christian or religious to actually read it. It has a lot of deep wisdom and insight. So I definitely recommend it. Another one for practicality, I would say is the, um, I have many that I would recommend. I think the 21 days mirror work by Louise Hay is definitely another one. It's a great, book. it's just, it's, it's yeah, it's revolu- revolutionary for me. So I definitely recommend that as well. Uh, there's,
4: one, there's one more book I wanted to recommend as well. Um, um, the 30 day detox for your soul by Joe Norton. That's a really good book. Um, literally the, the, every single day when you're reading it you learn something new and you you get more you get more, co- more centred to um, your spiritual well-being um, to end it with a quote I'm going to quote Prince because I'm a massive Prince fan
3: a strong uh, rain is that it?
4: <laughs> a strong strong spirit transcends rules that's what I'd say you go. a strong spirit transcends rules wow hmm.
0: yeah.
4: yeah. I like that
2: and lastly... Oh, well, can I add some more to that, Camilla? I know I do talk a lot. Um, I think for a lot of young people, because they may not always necessarily read, and I didn't necessarily read that much when I was young, I think on social media, a good person to follow is a guy called Stephen Bartlett. who I don't oh, know Yes, you've heard of him, he's you follow? awesome. He is great. He is absolutely he is awesome. Great. He's in his 20s. I do believe he's in his 20s. 20, like 20. 26, I think, um, yeah. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. I think follow him in yeah. terms of just his daily messages, his philosophies, the rest of it. He is yeah. absolutely Incredible. Um, yeah. And in terms of quote I love a couple of quotes. I don't remember all nice. of it, but one is Our Deepest Yes, sphere. that's him. That's him. Have you got him?
3: Amazing. yeah Yeah. Yes. Awesome.
2: Quotes, um, Our Deepest Fear by Marion Williamson. I believe her name is. Oh, she's awesome. Um, too. And I think Nelson Mandela also said it is in Inauguration. I think in terms of what we're talking about being individual, you've got to read that quote. Our Deepest Fear. So that we're powerful beyond measure. You definitely want to get that. And then another quote that I love is by. George Bernard Shaw, which was about being thoroughly used up before I die. Yeah. Again, Google that. It's one of the that quote is a quote that I live by. It's absolutely amazing. It it really does touch on the importance of time and being thoroughly used up before you die. So I mean, I do that when I coach and I um, give talks. And I think, you know, especially, I mean, also you can relate to me, right? I grew up poor Nigerian, right? When we would give <laughs> toothpaste, we would roll it up. Uh Every little bit of toothpaste was gone. (laughs) (laughs) There's no wasting, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine we treat a small little thing like toothpaste like that, but we don't treat our lives like that. Mm. We don't use our lives and become thoroughly used up every ounce of talent, Mm. ability, Mm. everything we can give to this world. We don't live like that. We're always saving something, saving a Mm. bit, saving a bit. People don't live life like that. And I think keep the analogy of your in your head of rolling up toothpaste, being thoroughly used, squeezed out every bit of you, before you die, so I think there's nothing sadder than getting to the end of your life and regretting what you didn't do, make sure you also have a well-being practice you know and I think things like meditation is very important, maybe journaling is also very important. Um, having a moment of gratitude and reflection is very important. If you 're spiritual, then it might be a spiritual and religious type practice that you might do. but I think always have that time mentally to really bring like this peace and tranquility to mind because we live in a chaotic world where there's just Mm. so much stress is around and you must have it as a practice, as a habit, that you give time to yourself to really just reflect and then just
3: just be in awe of yourself. I just got an inspiration when uh, Trey was speaking and there's a common theme here about what we're talking about, self-development, yeah? And I suppose for for young people, I know for a fact when I was that young, because again, I I thought it was uncool, you know, talking about self-development. So going back to our first initial question, the advice to our twenty-year-old self would be invest in your self-development now. Don't leave it till
2: yeah, 15. it's urgent.
3: Right, do it now. And I think less. I think it's also for me. Actually, one thing I would love to do is actually just make, it, make self-development core cool, to so be just a norm. So it's not seen oh, as oh yeah, this put it in school. It's, it's, yeah. it's not seen as this old, too uh, airy fairy, know. and you know all of that stuff. Yeah. so start that now.
2: So I would definitely say, which I think most of us have done, do the Landmark Forum. I yeah. will say that without a doubt to any young person listening. Now, it's not like the Beal on Endor Magic Wand. I've done a ton of different self development. But one thing I loved about the Landmark Forum, it's very much an on the court type thing. It's not, because yeah. you can read the book and kind of get it intellectually or kind yeah. of figuratively or, you know, but I think when you do self development, that actually has you be on the court go and Mm. speak to that person in your life or go and do that job, go and ask that that girl out, start that new business. That type of development course where there's action, because we Mm. know a lot of people are sharing quotes on Instagram and they have this illusion of self-development, that's great, Mm. but they're not in action in their life. Mm. So I would do that type of self-development that has you be in action and that someone's holding you to account that you do it. Make those Mm. damn mistakes, your self-development will have you get through that, so I'd be in action. But I would do a self-development course that has you be on the court, and I think Landmark Forum is great as well as all the other books and things that we're talking about, having a mentor, having a spiritual and a wellness practice that you practice habitually, mm. all of that stuff. And then also who you follow online on social media, they're also mm. nourishing you and nurturing you. Yeah, I don't follow people who, for me, don't nurture me. And I'm not judging these people. But mm. I don't know, for instance, I don't know, some woman that's online taking her clothes, but I don't do it. Or some bloke that's, look at my cars. I have nothing against them, but I have to say to myself, does that help or hinder me in terms of what I'm mm. doing? If it doesn't, unfollow those people it's all distraction you don't need it if you follow Mm. someone that makes you feel inadequate or you're not enough unfollow them for now Mm. right only follow people that really inspire you people that you learn from people that you can relate to everything else cut it off
0: okay awesome i mean like i said at the beginning thank you so much for joining us in this conversation and for shedding light on so many different things like so many gems in this like my mind is going at like a million miles per hour right now. And I'm honestly really, really blessed and lucky to have you guys in my life. And yeah, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing yourself so openly, so vulnerably, because some of these things, some of the things that, that you guys shared is, is really things that people are dealing with and it's going to shed light to it. And I know it will make a massive difference. So thank you. And that's it. We'll keep you
2: posted. Yeah, let us know when you post it. Blessings, man. Blessings, guys. Take care. Love you. Bye -bye. Bye Bye. 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 Bye.